I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Many fans are asking, what will it take for the Steelers to win a playoff game after now seven straight years without doing so? We'll talk about that with Alan Saunders, who had a very interesting critique of Mike Tomlin and the Steelers during their playoff loss to the Bills, and discuss what Mike Tomlin can do better, as well as what the Steelers need to do to get there. That are grades from that playoff game, and is this are the Steelers' next quarterback next uh, not on the roster right now? All that and more here on the show. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, go to daily go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. And we are joined at 7-4 by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's talk real quick here about an article that I, I really like that you wrote after the Steelers lost to the playoffs. <laughs> yes, 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 you. Um, uh, but I, I really liked it. It talked about how Mike Tomlin, you know, was was you know was talking about how you know, scared money don't make no money in some of the Steelers' previous wins that led to them getting to the playoffs. And then they didn't take that aggression in the passing game in this game and how you thought that was part of what the playoff loss was. Can you go to go into kind of what you what your article was about? Yeah, I mean, I felt like there was obviously there was a difference right in the Steelers team. The last three games of the regular season down the stretch, everyone could see it. Everyone could feel it. Um, and there were reasons for that difference, right? I thought the new offensive coordinator situation with Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan really started to find its stride in terms of game planning and in terms of play calling. I thought they did their best work over those last three weeks of the season. But the offensive line started to play better, especially in the run game. And, and that's why you got some of the best football we've seen out of Najee Harris in his Steelers career over that three-game stretch. And obviously, Mason Rudolph executed the offense at a very high level. He didn't turn the ball over. He was finding the open guy. It sure seemed like there was there was, there was was tangible stuff, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. just attitude. It wasn't just mindset. There was real stuff, real stuff that you can point to. But there was also this attitude change, this shift, this adjustment that, hey, what do we have to lose? Let's play the third-string quarterback. Maybe it'll be better. What do we have to lose? Let's try a guy who has, hasn't been an offensive coordinator since 2010 at Ball State. Maybe, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it'll turn out to be good. There was a what-do-we-have-to-lose mindset that this team embraced down the stretch that worked, that found solutions that worked. And I felt like in the playoff game, they lost that mindset. They lost that, that uh, scared money, don't make money thing that had been their mantra, right? I mean, it was... From a game plan perspective, I thought it was very conservative. I didn't think that they attacked the Buffalo Bills in a way that worked, that made sense. Uh, and that, that was, it felt very much like a team that was afraid of the conditions, afraid to push the ball down the field. Uh, I don't know. It just was not aggressive. It was not an aggressive game plan. It was a very stead game plan. And, and that's not what we'd seen from this group the last few weeks. You know, we saw a crazy aggressive game plan to push the ball down the field against the Bengals. Then we saw a very different game plan against the Seahawks 
and the Ravens when they went big personnel and ran it down their throats. I just didn't see that level of intentionality. I didn't see that aggression in the game plan and the offensive play calling. And I didn't see it from Mike Tomlin either, you know, in terms of just the way he managed the game. They didn't call their timeouts on defense at the end of the first half to try to get the ball back. Like what, where, what, what? I just, I felt like that was something that was missing from the team in the playoffs that was not there, that, that had been there that stretch run. Now, look, they turned the ball over twice. They didn't get any turnovers. Buffalo's a better team. They're on the road. If you do that, you lose most of the time no matter what happens. But I really felt like that was a thing that maybe could be a tangible lesson that could come out of this season that could carry forward into 2024 and beyond that now I'm questioning if that was a lesson that was actually learned or if those things were just done out of circumstance and, and maybe aren't going to be applied going forward. So that, that that's where I was going to go to next. So what was that the biggest reason? Cause I, I, I know the answer to this question because you had this debate with someone on Twitter, but someone said, yeah. So Tom was the reason they lost the playoff game. And you were like, no, that's not what I was saying. Like I said, they could have been better here, and this is something that could have helped them. But that wasn't the crux of why. Because again, they lost that game because they they George Pickens fumbled a nine yard pass that could have set up a really good drive when they could have got into it. Uh, and then Mason Ruff threw an interception. I also wonder if in the end, fourteen point swing on that yes. one. A 14-point right. swing, Granted. a 14-point yeah. game. But also, I, I wonder this, and I'm not saying this should to stop someone from calling more plastic, but I wonder if early on in that game when the Steelers were able to move the ball, but you had a fumble from Pickens and then a fumble from Pat, Pat Frymuth that if it doesn't glance off his helmet while his foot is out of bounds, it's Bill's ball and it's even more of a disaster. You're looking at, you're looking at man, like our receivers are, can't even hold on to the ball right now. And I was thinking, like, I kind of get, trying to trust the running backs but i also get you gotta take shots but i wanted to get your perspective as far as like why that isn't the crux of really what would cost the steelers in this game yeah i mean look any path to the steelers winning this game involved the bills playing along and letting them in it right and they didn't yeah, the bills played great and so the bills are a better team they're better all around they have a better quarterback um there's no reason that the steelers should have won that game if buffalo didn't let them in it I do think the Steelers left some bullets in their gun. I think they left they, – they, they did not give their best shot at winning this game, and that's what I highlighted when I was talking about those things in my Tomlin one. But it was like the Steelers left two bullets in their revolver and Buffalo had a flamethrower. Like, it yeah. was just like it, – it didn't matter if they had fired him. Now, maybe, look, there's a universe where Josh Allen doesn't play so well Maybe he has the two turnovers instead of the Steelers. And now we're talking about those things I talk about being the reason that the Steelers lost the game. That's possible. And that's why I thought it was an important thing to take out of that game. Because if we're talking about Mike Tomlin, like I think that that is a, he's a conservative game coach. Like I, and I think to a fault, I think we've seen it enough over 17 years where he doesn't do enough things like trying to get that extra possession at the end of the half and where they come out in these playoff games, maybe a little bit tight, maybe a little bit conservative. Like I think that could have been a thing where look, the Steelers 2023 season is going to be remembered as a nothing. Like they didn't, they, they didn't win anything. They didn't find the quarterback they were looking for. Maybe Mike Tomlin learning to be a little bit different of a coach that a different personality of his team would be successful going forward would be a thing that you could learn and apply from this season to the future. And now I'm not sure they even have that. And that's certainly something to worry about, but it doesn't mean that that's why they lost this game either. 
what do the Steelers have to do to win a playoff game? And I know that that's not a simple answer. They need they, they need my, my thing is this, and I said this after the game. The Steelers had a a bit wider of a path to win this game than they did against the Chiefs, you know, two years ago. Like the Chiefs, they needed to play a perfect game with a perfect situation, with no offense, with a defense being on fire, and the Chiefs stinking. And I mean stink. And you know what? For about 25 minutes of play. They had that because they were up seven. Their defense was like, oh, the offense could, I was three and outing every drive, but it didn't matter. And then eventually the Chiefs were like, oh, wait a minute. We know how to beat this. Uh, but the but like the Bills game, you went in. We said they could have run the ball. The defense could have cre- created more turnovers. They had a semblance of a passing game that started to find it itself there. There was a wider path, but I think the biggest answer to getting that bigger, that, 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 that over that playoff game hump that they are now seven years short of, is getting more ways to win football games. The defense can still win you games, and I think that they'll they'll ramp up the defense a little bit more in this offseason with some switches that, that, that can help them there. But this offense has to be able to, to get started a lot faster than it did this, this year. They have to find something, and that way winning with a more balanced team is the key there. Do you agree with that, or is there something else that you think is, is even more important? No, I mean, I think it's either they either need to find a quarterback or they yeah. need to find an offensive system that doesn't need one, one or the other. And, you know, look, the second is very rare. Not to say the first is common. But really, I mean, how many teams are out there having consistent success without elite quarterback talent? Yeah. Shanahan, that's pretty much it, right? I mean, that's the list, basically. Nobody else other than him is doing it without elite quarterback talent. So, you know, find find quarterback talent. I mean, I think that's – and it doesn't need to be elite quarterback talent – to win you a playoff game, if that's what you're talking about. Look, the Lions, that I mean, it's not like Jared Goff is top of the league. Like, you, like that's a model that you can follow. You know, like the, the Buccaneers, not like Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's going to be a free agent this year. He's not going to get 15 mil a season. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be great quarterback play, but it's got to be better than what they got this year, even what they got this year from Mason Rudolph in, in a, in a four-game sample. Like, it's got to be better than that. They've got to get at least good quarterback play. Guys in that – five to 12 range. And you're talking about NFL quarterbacks. They've got to get at least there. And then they've got to find a better offensive scheme. I really think that if you look at the talent on paper, I tried to get some guys to talk about this in the locker room clean out day. And no one's really seemed to want to bite, but like, if you look at the skill talent on paper, there's not that big of a difference between the Steelers and the bills. And I don't think that the bills have a great offensive line. And I think the Steelers probably have a better defense. Most of the difference between the Steelers and the Bills is the quarterback position. I agree. And I think that's a big thing that they need to answer. We'll get to the quarterback question in the third segment. But next, we do have Stars and Skulls for the last game of the season. We will be doing a full combination Stars and Skulls, probably starting like next week as I go position by position and give you my totaling of all the grades through all the season and then you know giving you your final grades on, on each of the players. But to stay consistent, we will have uh, Stars and Skulls grades here on the Unlocked on Steelers podcast for the playoff game. All that here and more. Stick with us. We'll be right back. But first, I want to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Sometimes we all need an opportunity to get things off our chest. Whether they're big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let those things out, especially to someone who's unbiased in, on your life like a good therapist. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. Personally, I don't know about Alan. 
But I know that I'm going to be asked about 650 million times if Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph should start for the Steelers at quarterback next season. And for the record, that's the same amount of times that Heinz ketchup bottles, that's the same amount of Heinz ketchup bottles who are made in a single year. So knowing that I'm going to have to answer that question that many times is daunting. And it makes me feel like I'd want to rather get pancake blocked by Broderick Jones. But rather than do that, I'm going to go to a good therapist. And a great way to get that good therapist is BetterHelp Therapy Online. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of most of our biggest most of the biggest problems uh, are much bigger than your favorite sports team losing losing a big game and you can get things off your chest every once in a while if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule it visit betterhelp.com slash locked on and you'll get 10% off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, uh, we're going to get to our grades here real quick. Now, these are the grades for the last game of the season, not the full grades for the whole season. Those will come probably starting next week if I'm, I'm able, able to get some time. I think I'm going to try to start them next Tuesday because i got a trip to get back from on Sunday for the Monday show. So all that being said, uh, just a reminder, these are our grades. One to three stars are from good to elite. Uh, one to three skulls are from bad to all-time terrible. Let's start with the stars, and we're going to do this all in one segment, so we don't we won't comment on every player. I gave one two-star grade, and that was that no three stars, but only one two stars. I gave it to Isaac Sayamalo. I thought he was pretty the strongest uh, source of anything on the offensive line. I also gave one-star grades to Highsmith, Benton, Golden, Hayward, Johnson, uh, Deontay Johnson, Calvin Austin, Mason Rudolph, I gave him a star. Even though he threw that interception, I thought he hung in there a lot in that game and at least gave him a solid effort. Landon Roberts, I thought, was the best off-ball linebacker they had in the game. Boswell uh, for making his field goal and all his extra points in that in those in those conditions. Jalen Warren, Allen Robinson had some good plays. And, Dan, and I actually thought Dan Moore Jr. had a semi-decent game. He didn't give up as many pressures as other guys, and I thought he actually made some improvements in the run game. Yeah, it's a talented Buffalo edge rushing group. They don't have one guy that stands out, but they can really get after it. I thought the pass protection was okay, considering they were in a lot of third and longs. They were in a lot of – and then they get down two scores. So it was a lot of pass rush uh, for those guys. I thought Moore held up pretty well. Um, Loved the variety of the passing game that they got involved. You know, it seemed like they got Allen Robinson going. They got uh, Pat Fryermuth before his fumble going. They got Calvin Austin involved. They got – uh, Jalen Warren out of the backfield, you know, that was the one part of the offense I really thought seemed like it was going okay. Yeah, I thought, I thought so too. Uh, so those are all of our stars grades. Let's go to our skulls grades, one skull grades. I gave one skull grades to James Daniels, George Pickens. He had some big, he had some big catches later on in the game, but not enough. I thought that to make up from the fumble from, from at least being a one skull grade, uh, that's why I didn't give him two or more because uh, he did have some big plays. I thought Patrick Peterson and Miles Jack could have been better over the middle. Also, Demonte Casey and Minka Fitzpatrick. I thought Minka Fitzpatrick certainly made some good tackles, but the missed tackle at the end was kind of like the backbreaker for the game. Um, and I thought he could have been better in some coverage situations uh, for the for as far as the one skull guys. Yeah, I might go as far as, as two for Minka. Uh, really poor effort on Josh Allen's touchdown run as well mm. uh, as the as the missed tackle. He did make some nice plays. Uh, just didn't that's, look like that's a guy why I had a hard time balancing it. Looks it was comfortable out there. Yeah. Really looked like himself. First game back from that injury after missing three weeks. Tough spot. You know, you feel for the guy. 
Uh, obviously, generally a really good player. Didn't have his best game. Demonte KZ, I thought was pretty rough coming back. Um, Patrick Peterson, there was a miscommunication on the first touchdown between Peterson and Landon Roberts and Eric Rowe. Hard to tell who was at fault, right. but it looked like it was probably Peterson based on the way I would draw that up. So, yeah, I think I think you got some good, good, good calls here. Two skulls, two guys, Broderick Jones, Presley Harvin. Broderick Jones gave up. I think five pressures during the game. It was uh, it, it was probably one of his worst games. I thought, um, you know, I thought he there were some moments he he was good in the run blocking game, but I thought like there there were some times the Bills kind of exposed him. It wasn't ter- it wasn't the worst game I've seen ever from a, from a tackle. It wasn't like Dan Moore Jr. at his worst, but it was a rough it was a rough experience. I think it needs to be a growing part part for, uh, game for him. Uh, and then I also had Presley Harvin with two skulls because why not Presley Harvin like. I thought Andrew Filippone, who I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says all the time, but he had probably the tweet of the game when he was like, well, that even things out. The Bills don't have a punter, neither do the Steelers. And I was, I was like, that actually is uh, kind of funny there. Yeah, good call on Jones. You know, not only did he give up the pressures, which you could kind of live with, but I didn't think they got much push in the yeah. running game against a Bills run defense that I thought they could beat. I thought they could yeah. exploit. They just didn't get a lot of push up front. I feel like uh, that kind of falls to him as maybe the guy who's the biggest run first uh blocker on that offensive line you know he's not providing a lot of pass protection you know value so he's got to find a way to do it in the run game and he and i don't feel like he was able to uh three skull grade here mason cole uh ed oliver chewed that oh, man up uh, that was, was my uh this was my pregame matchup uh under overlooked matchup in my pregame primer and boy uh yeah i think that one um is about definitively a victory for the bills as you could possibly get it was it was ugly six pressures up the middle it again that's a testament more to how mason rudolph continued to hold his hold the pocket and maneuver the pocket is when you get six pressures from your center you're in a lot of trouble. And I thought it was impressive how he maintained himself in the game for that. So Mason Cole continuing the path that he's been on this year with bad grades. I though I I want to quiz you here. I'm going to see if you've been paying attention. There was I, I I do have one more grade here, and it is one bus ticket grade. Ooh. Who did I leave out? That's the bus ticket grade here, Alan. Mother Nature is getting a bus ticket this week. I got it right here for. I went through some stuff up in Buffalo. I don't. I don't know if you were following on social media. It was disgusting. First of all, we had to have the game pushed back. Uh, we had. It was like six inch an hour snow. It hurt to have your eyes open outside. You couldn't see fifty feet in front of you. You and Nick's videos were hilarious. You're like, Dude. so like I don't know if I'm in Buffalo right now, but you couldn't tell. I was inside the snow globe and somebody was just shaking the crap out of it. <laughs> uh, it was bad. It was bad. So Mother Nature gets my bus ticket. Uh, did, so you have a Steelers player bus ticket from this grade that we have not mentioned hmm. from this game. Um, no, I don't have it. I don't have it. Where, where are you going with this? The answer is you, Alan Me. Saunders. Because I you... You brought the but you gave the three skull grades to Mother Nature, and then all of a sudden, all of this stuff happened. No, not well, just listen. with the game. Not she's, with getting, the game. she's getting the bus ticket this weekend. I don't have to go outside for another six months, so I don't care what happens out there. If there's retribution for this grade, if I don't, I don't you're, gonna make it, it, you're gonna make it snow in Mobile, I, Alabama, for the fine. senior boy. Yeah, she, she can't get me there. She can't get me there. 
Warm in no, Alabama. No, no, because I'm mad. The owners' meetings are in Florida. Maybe there'll be a hurricane. <laughs> but, but all serious, no, I'm, I'm mad at you. Not just because they moved the game and hashtag blame Alan Saunders. If they didn't move the game, I'm saying other Steelers would have won. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But in <laughs> all seriousness, I'm not mad at just about that. But then I wake up. Tuesday morning after the game, I'm like, all right, we're going to go to the Steelers facility, get some locker room today, stretching. I look outside, and my car is covered, and the, and the snow everywhere. And I'm like, Alan, dang it, this is all your fault. So bus ticket for Alan Saunders for, for coming at Mother Nature. Mother Nature, stop coming at me. Go at that man. He don't even live near me. <laughs> Anyways, we got we to gotta talk about the quarterback situation. We'll get serious for a minute here. On the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders. Will the Steelers get a quarterback not on their roster who might become a starter next year? Discuss that after this. But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn, with these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire in all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make that easier, to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job on the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find a candidate you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post job free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the website you can go to right now to buy tickets to your favorite events without it being stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets, whether it's a sporting event, concert, comedy event, theater, th- musical theater, anything near you. Game Time is most likely having the t- having the tickets. They have killer deals on last minute tickets at the end. They have a best price guarantee that can't be beat, so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. For example, even if it's up to an hour after your event has started, if you're trying to get tickets and you're trying to figure out the best prices, you could go go to the ticket booth and you can see what the views are, but you're probably not getting the best prices. You you go to a scalper and you can probably get some amazing prices, but you don't know if you're getting scammed with, with a bad ticket. Well, game time is the best of both worlds. Cause on, if you download the game time app right to your phone today, you can look not only at the best prices for, for the, for the event that you're going to, but also see the view from your seats. So you know, you're not getting scammed. And they're so confident in game time that they're giving you the best prices. They promise you that if you get tickets through them and you find tickets to the same section in a row for less somewhere else, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Or go to the website gametime.co. Terms get to supply. Create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders. Okay, Alan, we all joking aside about our grades and you getting a bus ticket. Um, but uh, let's talk about this quarterback situation. I've talked about Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph the past few episodes, and we're going to talk about it all offseason. It's going to be the, the topic. Will they bring Mason Rudolph back? Is Kenny the starter next year? But let's examine this question just as it stands right now. Do you think, if you were to label a percentage on this possibility, do you think that there's a chance that the Steelers quarterback next season isn't on the roster as as it stands right now, including if we were to say Mason Rudolph was on the roster right now. 
Yeah, I think there's a chance. I think there's a pretty good chance. I, I think they're going to bring someone in from the outside that will, at the very least, compete for a starting job. I don't know if they're going to win it. Uh, but I expect there to be someone with, and not just, you know, a throwaway someone, you know, someone with a real um, a real expectation to win it. Now, I don't know whether that's a free agent, if that's a trade, maybe a high draft pick, although I kind of doubt that one. Um, I, you know, I think someone more along the lines of uh, someone like a Russell Wilson, a Ryan Tannehill, mm. a Kirk Cousins, a, um, a Baker Mayfield, someone that has been a starting quarterback in the NFL that has a reasonable expectation to be one again, and someone that if Kenny Pickett beats them out in a real fair competition would be a sign that he really is a lot better suited to be able to lead this team to victory than he was a year before. That's an interesting thing. So, like, you're not even – so, like, a lot of the, the, the popular name that everyone throws around right now is uh, is uh, Justin Fields, not Russell Wilson. Uh, it, it just, Justin Fields. Yeah, you can put him in there, too. Uh, I think I think the Steelers would be more hesitant to go with someone who is less of a finished product and also would need to trade draft picks away to get him. I just think that doesn't feel like – where they ought to be. I think the I think the 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 run down the stretch with Mason Rudolph proved this team doesn't need great quarterbacking to be good. They just need good quarterbacking. And I think if you look at those guys I'm talking about, Wilson, Tannehill, Cousins, there's there's a, should be an expectation that they would be good. I don't know they're gonna be great. With Justin Fields, you're getting a guy who might be great, but he might yeah. also think. And, right. and I think you have that already in Kenny Pickett. You have might be great, but might also stink. They don't need another one of those. They they have a, a need for someone who is definitely not going to stink and who, who is going to have a very, very, very high floor in terms of the, the ability there that what they're going to bring to the table. And I think they will be able to find someone like that on a reasonable contract because it's a really, really tantalizing opportunity. I don't know how many starting roles you know, Ryan Tannehill is going to get offered. I don't know how many starting roles Russell Wilson's going to get offered. Those are guys that are late in their career. This is a team with average to a good quarterback play that could be a Super Bowl contender. Considering yeah. the talent around them, I think there's a lot to offer for a guy like that. Like Kirk Cousins is younger and, and, and closer to his prime. I think he'll demand more on the free agent market. Same with Baker Mayfield, obviously. But I think there's guys out there that fit what they need that they will find one. I don't know if it'll definitely be one of the ones I just mentioned, but someone in that vein that can come in and look, if you sign Baker Mayfield and then Kenny Pickett comes in and just is better than him all off season. Well, then you say, okay, he's fixed. He was our first round pick. Now he's better. New offensive coordinator, new system. He gets it. Here we go. Uh, but I, I think that's what needs to be the plan. And that's what I'm expecting the team to do. Here are some of the names that you're talking about here. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Gerard Taylor, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston. I used to call him Jameis all the time. I don't know why I did that. Um, uh, Joe Flacco, Josh Cobbs. And then we start getting to, into all the crazies like that. But I, I feel you on this. And Russell Wilson obviously will probably be into that with, with the thing the Broncos are going through right now. But Gino um, Smith also with a changeover in Seattle. Oh, I didn't think about that. that yeah, available to sort of in that realm as well. Uh, we can throw his name in there too. So I mean, all those are interesting names. But here's my question to you: With all the needs that this team has, and we'll go over them as this offseason continues. Center, 
uh, defensive line, offensive tackle, you know, a cornerback, linebacker, safety. There's, there's all there's. You, you could make a legitimate claim to a lot of positions of need that this ha- team has going into this offseason. Is getting one of these quarterbacks who might cost you up maybe twenty million dollars. You know, I think that I think that might be the range you might be having to go for a Kirk Cousins, and that's a lot of money to throw at a quarterback that's going to eliminate maybe two of those positions that you can go after and try to fill in free agency and, and make things a lot harder. I think you just owe it to guys like TJ Watt and Cam Hayward to try to do it. Uh, mm. I, I don't know how you can run it back with these guys that are not young and say, I don't know, we're going to figure out the most important position on the field. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I just don't think that can be the plan. Uh, I think they need to have someone who's more experienced. Uh, th- there's a higher level of expectation of them being ready to go. And yeah, um, I, you know, uh, I am not one of those people that will stand here and tell you that the, the salary cap is not real. The salary cap is very real. But hey, look, if I'm Cam Hayward and I'm owed $16 million next year and I'm kind of on the fence about whether I'm coming back or not, and I say like, okay, yeah, okay, I feel better. Here we go. I'm going to come back. And Omar Khan comes to me and says, hey, Cam, I need $10 million to sign a quarterback. What can we do about this contract? Hmm. Void years. I'm going to make something happen, okay? Yeah. Hey, well, let's push some of this money to, like, 2035, all right? Okay, cool. Sounds good to me. Like, I'll, I'll be here when it's here. Like, I, I think that there's ways you can make the cap work, and the Steelers have a lot of money tied up in core guys, guys that want to – like, how much of their cap is – like, there's there there's some obvious moves, right? They're going to lose Chooks. They're going to lose Mitch Trubisky. They're, yeah. they're going to do something with Allen Robinson and, right. and Pat Peterson's. Yeah, but, but those are like the core guys, Minka, Deontay Johnson, Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, like these guys that have these big contracts, um, they'll work with the team to make the team better. They'll make the cap fit if they need to. I'm not worried about the cap. I think the draft picks, but using a first round pick on another quarterback or trading like a second and a third to get Justin Fields, to me, that feels much more painful for the right, team I to agree. lose. Because that's what they need to do to plug all those other holes that you were just talking about. Agree. And they need draft because they need young talent at those positions that's going to develop with the team and 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 be part of this, this core building forward. Um, I, I agree with that assessment as far as that. And that's another reason why I'm shaky on fields, because if it takes anything more than a fourth, which I think it will, uh, if I'm the Steelers, I should be. I, I'm not. I'm not in on that. And I like Justin Fields. I, I I loved him coming out of college. I think that if he's in the right situation, he can be very dangerous. I'm just not 100% sure if that's something you could bet on right now because not only would you be trading to get him, let's say you hit on him or, or he does like mildly well and he wins the QB1 job, you have to pay him after next season. And if you don't have – and if he's not if he's not the guy, if you don't hit on him, he's gone after, the, after that season. Then effectively you would have traded a day two pick or two day two picks for a one-year rental that didn't start for you. So, again, that's just a that, – that, that's a high-risk – you know, the cost of benefit analysis there is t- is tough to grade out for Justin Fields. I think anybody that's trading for Fields is going to sign an extension as part of the trade. But I think that there's – I just think there's too much risk in the player um, compared to what the Steelers have. Like, if the Steelers didn't have Kenny Pickett on the roster, I could see wanting to swing for some upside. They have a potential upside guy. Um, and I believe the reports that have been out there that the Steelers – I've not given up on the idea that Kenny Pickett could be good. I think we've talked a lot about 
the flaws in the plan when it came to Matt Canada and his quarterback development that should give good reason for a better OC and quarterback coach combo to be able to get more out of Kenny Pickett. I think that's real, but I do think they're going to come in with someone with a higher floor that can do what Mason Rudolph was able to do or even better uh, or maybe at least have a more consistent uh, ability to reach that level going forward. And I think, man, like if you just had above average quarterback play on this team, it could be pretty good next year. I, I agree. That's got that. That's what you need from this team. That's what you needed this year. They didn't find it with Kenny Pickett. They're still looking for that, for that. That's going to be a big thing to continue to look at. He's Alan Saunders. Get him at SteelersNow.com. He does a lot of great work. Alan, thanks so much for joining us here. Follow him on, on Twitter at, at a Saunders underscore PGH. We actually made it under our buzzer here. So I'm going to get us out of here fast before Ross comes in and uh, yells at me. Uh, but thanks to everyone for tuning into the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on, tw- on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, uh, find me here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast every day, Monday through Friday. We're back tomorrow, hopefully with Jenna Horner. We think Mike Tomlin might speak to, on, to, uh, on today, Thursday. And if he does, we'll have some re- reactions to that all here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Mm-hmm.